Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, everyone. Hello, world. Welcome to this special edition podcast. Um, some of you might be listening to it through your ears mm. on the podcast app, Orthodox, I like to call it out, or some of you might be viewing it on YouTube. Ooh. Yeah. We've moved up to level two. Of 11? Uh, yeah. yeah. Plenty more levels to go. Um, you might be listening to it in the Isle of Wight. Um, we have yeah. big listeners there, mate. And we're big there. Luxembourg. I mean, well, it's... you know why the Isle of Wight? Because it's Shanklin. There's a city called Shanklin there. Is there? Yeah. Is there a city called Flatman anywhere? Um, I thought not. No. I thought not. I thought no, there not. isn't. Um, Luxembourg, big, we're big there. They're landlocked. There's literally nothing else to do except mm. breed and listen to us. Um, yeah. Things are going well. Um, where are we? Uh, we are in Studio G. So thank you to Gennaro um, at head office for allowing us to use this studio. It's the way forward, mate. G4. Um, you know what. Gangster. Yes. Gorgeous. Probably G for Gennaro. Probably. Glass. Glass. Mm. G for Glacier. G for Green. Um, but yeah. you come to the Studio G, you can stream events. It's hybrid events. It's the way forward. You can do demonstrations. Uh, we've got technicians on site, sound engineers. Um, everything, social media content, the lot, yeah. and this is out and available for hire. So you know, if you want to do anything, come down here, record. Um, we're adapting, mate, like the world. There's also we are we adapt and overcome, um, and there is also oat milk in the kitchen downstairs. So when I got offered a coffee, do you want normal milk or oat? I didn't want oat milk, but I wanted to say oat because I'm from Bath, and I like to think I'm. Sort of, I don't know how best to put it without alienating people, but better than other people. Well, you know why there's oat milk? Because um, MD, Bubs, um, is dairy intolerant. <laughs> yeah, he looks like someone who's dairy intolerant, but only eats dairy. Wheat intolerant. Everything, mate. Oh, by the way. Exercise I had, um, intolerant. I had, uh, before we move on, I had dinner with a couple of mates last night at a, at a great distance and um, got blimmin' lashed on the red with a... With Mike Toft and with John McCarthy, good fellas, and if I can see your teeth, a bit they, yeah, they were yeah, exactly. They were loving uh, Bubs, Mike Bubbins' podcast, socially distant podcast. Yes. Oh, it's brilliant! It's brilliant. And then it occurred to me about ten minutes after we started talking about it 
that they thought that Mike Bubbins was Bubs. No. And, they assumed, and I said, no, no, no. Bubs is Pete Leckie from Gennaro, and he's got nothing like the sense of humour that the actual Mike Bubbins has got. They're both big fellas. One's out of shape, one isn't. One's funny, one isn't. I would say they're both out of shape. I thought, I thought Big Bubs looked all right. He looked strong. Wearing black, wasn't he? He says he can still do a pec dance. He's got a compression top underneath. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's wearing That's skins. Why. He's wearing skins. Um, so this is uh, an incredibly special show um, for the reasons Shanko has previously outlined. But also, coming up, we're chatting to Wales and Cardiff Blues uh, elite operator Ellis Jenkins, about primarily about being the second fittest person in his house. And there are only two people there. And we've, we've kind of, we think we've done a bit of a coup, um, mm. a bit of a result. We've got the Gloucester Rugby CEO, Lance Bradley, coming on. Uh, lots of pods wanted him, not lots of pods got him. Loads going on at Gloucester at the moment with you know, Ackerman leaving, Humphreys leaving, Skivington coming in, London mm. Irish kicking off, pay cuts across the league, COVID, clubs thinking about, are they going to fold, are they going to make it? So lots of fascinating stuff there. Um, and we've also got, uh, which wasn't my idea, we've got a rowing challenge, which I think is a bad idea. And it was Shanks' idea. Um, this, well, what, look, for the listeners out there who aren't viewing us on YouTube, Shanks has done what I knew he would and put a picture up of me, which was two years after I retired. I hadn't done any training at all. And it's a bad picture. He's posted it online before. Well, I think you're in better shape there than you are now because trying to keep two metres away from you is quite difficult at the no, moment. No, yours. You put that on Twitter and Ellis Genge responded saying, I'm shocked, I don't know what to say. Well, you love, bad... you love your fitness, you love your cardio. I know it's not a rower, but it's something you're passionate about. I know you're going through a big training block at the moment. Um, and it's the only exercise picture I could find. Anyway, Shanks has been doing loads of rowing in his garden on the Concept 2, so he wants to do a rowing challenge. So I've... Let's do it. Let's go on the squat rack. That's what I say. But no, there isn't one here uh, conveniently. So we're going to go rowing in our jeans at some point. But we're only going to do. Well, it's rowing seconds. in civilian clothes. I want to call it um, just to show that keeping fit, you don't have to put on a, a lycra pair of shorts or a pair of shorts yeah, or a vest. Okay. You know, you can do it in your everyday clothes. And you do have to buy a fifteen. But also, you know, I'm not, we're not going to row like for five, ten minutes. It's going to be short, sharp. Fifteen seconds. And I know how hour. good you are, like thirty seconds a minute at everything, and then fatigue kicks in. <laughs> yeah, walking. So, yeah, walking, uh, chewing. Breathing. Chewing, breathing. I say, I say let's do proper explosivityness and let's do, let's do a 15-second challenge. I think you're going to break the machine. I think it has to be a minute and a half, 90 no seconds. No way, no way, no way. That is too much. I will... I've, got a, I've got a heart rate monitor just in case things don't go well and your heart starts popping out your chest. You know, right. So we can monitor you. The fibrillator right. close by. Right. I'm not, I'm not going to do 90 seconds, okay? Because okay. it's like... Usain Bolt is only that quick. For he, he explodes. Okay, that's what I do. I used to, I used to be explosive on a rowing machine eight years ago. I am not explosive on a rowing machine now. I'm wearing jeans. Oh. Do you want to kill me? I like this. I like this. Do you want me to die? Play the underdog at Gennaro so HQ. Wales are so good at the underdog. It's not like you being English though. Right. Well, let's let's decide this because I say 15 seconds is where we go. <laughs> Hey, you're gonna, you're 20 gonna break seconds. the machine. You'll break the machine. I won't. I haven't got the power anymore. I'm an old. I'm 40 and I don't row. Let, right. How long do you want to? Do? I'm not doing 90 seconds. All right, no well, way. Um, do 30 seconds. Let's do it. Because that's it's more approachable for everyone. A that a minute's too much, mate. A minute is endurance. It's not a minute's a endurance. Minute's, <laughs> it's not endurance. It is. That's longer than a 400 meter run. All right. We'll do paper, scissors, stone. 30 seconds. Or a minute. Or a minute. Right. So it's one, two, three. Reveal. Okay. And it's one, two, three, reveal, and it's best of one. Yeah. Okay. One, one two, two, three, three reveal. reveal. 
I win 30 seconds. I scissored it. He papered it. Uh, we are doing 30 seconds. By the way, reverse psychology there. 30 second test on a rower is minging if you go hard enough. 30 seconds? Minging, mate. 2K's Not... minging. Yeah, I mean, a minute's minging. It's roughly twice as. It doesn't matter anyway. Whatever time we get, Lee Byrne will post something on Instagram and smash it. <laughs> yeah, but we've got mates and a life, which is what separates us uh, from Lee Byrne. Anyway, mate, how have yeah. you been? What have you been up to? Yeah, very well. Um, I've been uh, basically grilling and chilling um, and been cooking quite a lot uh, on that subject. We've got a nice little we've got a nice little thing coming up. Field and Flower, you guys will have heard us mention them before. Um, what they do is just locally source meat, put it in a nice... Organic kind of, grass-fed. Yeah, organic grass-fed. It's top-of-the-range stuff, meat, fish, dairy, all that kind of stuff. There's a deli section as well. They just send wicked gear, and we've been talking about it for years, and they've now... So we were using, we were using, I was using and Shanks using these guys way before we kind of knew the guys that ran it. And they said, how about we put a Flats and Shanks barbecue box together for the summer? Yeah. So they've done that. Um, and if you're watching, there's an image of it. If you're not watching, you can just go on Tinterweb and see it. Well, we'll tell you what's in there. There's some sausages, there's some burgers, there's a big fillet of salmon, yeah. um, sustainable salmon. A whole side um, of salmon, yeah. There are short ribs as well. Um, and if you're watching this, it doesn't come with chilies or a tomato or a little bit of uh, mushroom, um, just pure meat. Uh, and that is £44.41. But you've got to put in your discount code, a 10% discount code. What is the code, David? The code is FLATMAN10. You what? You heard, in capitals, I think. FLATMAN10, um, the number 10, at checkout, and you get 10% off that, which is nice. Um, Never want to put my name in, do they? No, they don't. And I, I think they've missed off a zero. I think it should have been Flatman 100 because I think it's a, a spelling error because obviously I scored 100 points of Wales. That's the only thing I can think of. I think it's 10 because Flatman 10 because that's how many caps I could have had. Should have had. Should have had if I didn't have so many awful injuries. I probably would have been <laughs> captain. If you were better. When Clive said he wanted to make me captain for the All Blacks test and I got injured. But the burgers, everyone knows how to cook burgers. Um, I like a little top tip for me is put the lid down or put a little dome over the top of them. The short ribs, they're the sort of thing that if you're put off buying this box because of short ribs, don't be. They're the easiest thing in the world to cook. So rub them or don't rub them. Put a bit of salt and pepper on them. Stick them in at 110 and leave them all day. Leave them for seven hours, eight hours, and they are absolutely mega. They're a piece of cake to cook. Side of salmon. Lovely and moist, aren't they? Yeah, lovely. You can't muck yeah. up a side of salmon and you look like a legend when you bring it out. It's one of those things that makes you look like a great chef. Even if you don't need to be in sausages, well, you know what they do. Okay, just stick them in your ear. Um, so that'd be good. But yeah, been cooking a bit. Yeah. I actually saw my family for the first time, my parents, first time since Lockie D. Well, this is something I had to go at the other day. Now, this is a Cote de Boeuf from, oh, yeah. have I said that right? You have, yeah. Yeah, I'll just say it quick if I, if I don't get it. Um, yeah. So I cooked this um, on a little barbecue and rubbed it in soy sauce, um, a bit of Worcester sauce, salt, pepper, garlic, lemon, juice, the lot, but got it really hot. That's like a little charcoal. Yeah, if you're listening to this, you can't see it. It's a really nice picture of beef. If yeah. you're watching it... We yeah. will put it up on Twitter. Yeah. Don't worry about that. But that Ooh, was yeah. delicious. What have you been cooking? I, well, this is... I, I went back to see um, Mum and Dad for the first time since Lockie D. And Mum said, Dad's going to do a barbecue. Yeah. And I said, great. You know, everyone likes a barbecue. But I, I never do normal barbecues. You know, sausages and a bit, a couple of chicken thighs. I never do those. I'm always trying to do something fancy, which is probably more than I need to be doing. So, like a duck <clears throat> on a spit roast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's a rotisserie duck. So, <clears throat> so I got there and my mum had a massive tons of everything, but she also had four 
aged beef tomahawk steaks. Oh, I like, thought you chopped the kids up. And she said, and my mum, this is my mum, said, well, because my brother and brothers-in-law were there as well. Uh, she said, this is, well, this is for, these are for the men. I was like, oh, I don't know if you can say that anymore, mum. And she said, well, said to the girls, Any, any of you want them? And they said, no, exactly. So it kind of worked out. Turns out my mum is, um, is a misogynist. But, uh, yeah, amazing. So did a barbie with my dad. And my dad, I think, was like, because I'm barbecuing all the time, my dad probably, he wanted me to help. But he wanted me to be involved, but he didn't want to ask. It's like a busman's holiday. Yeah. And he said, do you want to, do you fancy giving me a hand with a barbie? No worries, you can go and chill out or whatever. And I said, no, I'll give you a hand, mate. Great. Well, I set up this grill. We've got a table in between us for social distancing. These are your utensils. And he was obviously hoping I would come and yeah. sort of do it together. He had beers ready, all sorts of stuff. So it was, it was nice. But yeah, those tomahawks, aged beef tomahawks, they were lush, boy. Absolutely lush. Um, it's um, yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? You don't want to take over someone's barbecue. No, it's a macho thing. I always think. <laughs> no, but it's nice. I got stuck in with the old man. It's nice, but also on the. How is he? How is Graham? The hammer. Yeah, he's good. He's in good nick. He's uh, my dad. Uh, for all of you listeners slash viewers out there, my dad is a psychologist. I know what happened to you. What, what went wrong with you? I know. I've heard those. Um, my dad. I never come around your house. Mate. Psychologist. Yeah, because he'll take you. Apart. Oh, mate. He'll take you. You. You'd struggle with. I'd my have dad. to start from bloody foundations again. Yeah, he would. He would tear you apart. <laughs> He'd be the worst hour of your life. You'd leave a shell of a man. But he's. I'd uh, be in a room with cracker. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like that. It's a bit like that. He looks a bit like Robbie Coltrane, my dad. And uh, no, he's in good nick. And he's he basically what he does is assesses kids and families and that sort of stuff. But you can't in cause social distancing. Yeah. But he's been doing basically working seven days a week on Zoom. So my dad is like a complete technophobe. He, he can't, he's never listened to one of our podcasts. He does, drives about 40,000 miles a year. He's the ideal customer for us, listener. Yeah. He doesn't know how to do it. No? He still doesn't know. He's chuffed a bits we've got a podcast, but he said, I still haven't seen one of your podcasts. But as it happens, this is the first one you could actually watch. Yeah. Um, yeah. He doesn't know how to work it, but he's, uh, yeah, but he's worked out how to use Zoom. He's a master of Zoom. So um, he is still helping kids. Mm. For 40 minutes. There. Then they go. Yeah, correct. Yeah, correct. Um, are you still working out a lot? Because mm, you, you've been a bit smug about your home gym. I've been <laughs> trying to work out. Um, yeah, I have. I mean, because I've got a, like, a little converted garage, I've had a couple of doors put on, and I built like a squat rack. I wrote a squat rack into me ages to build. It was a nightmare. It was like 100 screws. Um, mm. So, yeah, I am. Cardio's gone out the window. Yeah, But good. certainly like bench... <clears throat> Prone pull, upright row, yeah, loads of arms. But I, no matter how many arms I do, I, I never get a vein on my bicep. Yeah, I'm after that sort of Sam Warburton vein. Yeah, can't get it. Nah, you either got it, you haven't. Can't get it. Give up. Just be happy with being strong. There's like veins elsewhere where I don't want them, like my forearms. Yeah, but um, no, it's tough. It's been. Uh, tough what about you? Have you been working out? I've, I've you had. You look a... like you do. You're looking buff. I don't know whether you've just done a couple of press ups outside the office before you come in because you knew there was a couple of. Girls working here, and I'm into that stuff. Yeah. Um, I've, I've had a, I'll give myself a week off training. Um, just you need it sometimes. I'm, a, I'm yeah. in a rest week. Yeah, I've basically been doing way too little. I've done some long walks, which don't count. I've done some short walks, which definitely don't count. And I've done some bench squats and deadlifts in my back garden. That's all you need. I reckon that's all you need. But I just, I got to the point where, because of, I guess it's old injuries or age or whatever. I don't go too hard on the bench like I was doing. I did five sets of three at 150 last week and felt quite heavy, actually, oh, yeah, which I did. Yeah. yeah, but I weigh, I weigh 125, 130, so yeah. it's not that impressive. 
but the next for the week afterwards, my elbows are agony. Pounds. You're talking pounds or kilos? Pounds. But my elbows are absolutely agony. I'm wearing sleeves. I don't know what to do. So I'm thinking about um, an aggressive, sophisticated course of anabolic steroids. Um, I'm not. It's a joke. Start with growth first. Yeah, I'll start on the growth. Yeah. Um, just it's just I don't I don't like you know as a rugby player you, you get you get all your your supplements sponsored. Can somebody? Can someone like sponsor me like a really aggressive course of steroids to make me a bodybuilder without doing any work? Grenades. You tried them? No, what are they? You know, they come to the, like fat burning pills. Come oh, yeah. Are they going to work for me? Um, it's my diet that's the problem and the fact that I'm not actually doing any I training. To, I spoke to Gethin Jenkins about sort of fat burning pills. He said he's tried everything. Yeah. Everything. Nothing works. Yeah, he had a Keep shot fit. And he got 140 caps, poor bloke. Long distance running. That's what, it, that's what it helps. Yeah, I know. But, but med. Hopefully the gyms will open soon. I think it's, it's, it's like working from home, I always think. Like, you can do it, you can get by, yeah. but nothing beats going to the office to nope. work where you're far more productive. I, I wonder if I had a gym like Lord, Lord Mike Tyndall at home. He's got a gym that is like, if you go to like Shoreditch House or like um, White City House in London and you mm. see their gym, reduce it in size a bit and that is basically Tyndall's gym. He's got the best home gym in the Personalized world. Personalised dumbbells, got Mike Tyndall on, it's got World Cup. World Cup, World Cup 2003 on his dumbbells. I mean, I saw a photo of him the other day actually. I, th I think he was either on the bike or he was playing golf and his calves looked terrible mate. Ah, really see? bad. Like, I thought it was, I had to reply saying I thought your calves would be bigger mate. Um, I, mean, I, I did say to Tins once, I said Tins you've got the calves of a dog. Um, and the calves are what separate the men from the boys. Yeah. And he said none of that's World Cup winners medals. And yeah, well, yeah, he might be right. Um, Johnny Drama would disagree, mate. The problem I've got is that if I had an amazing home gym, maybe I would use it more. But I've got loads of weights, tons of weights, bars, yeah. benches, and I just all I want to do is go to a gym. I'm used to getting up and going somewhere to work out, and I. But also, I like you, you say, you're on a rest, but you're injured as well. I know that because um, you've been for a pedicure on your feet. Oh yeah, um, yeah. You know, there's. I've. You, I've you had take a care job. of your feet. I had a proper job done on my feet, um, so I get I don't I haven't had any nail varnish put on because my girls like to do that as you know, so they won't let me do any put any colour on. But I've had um, my skin, my feet made soft and beautiful. That's where it started for Eddie, Eddie Izzard, apparently. Just yeah, fine with that. Start doing his I've nails. got I've got a moisture treatment on my feet as we speak actually, so it's not going to help me grip on the rower, mm. but getting it in early. But it was it feels good because I'm going to Devon next week and just this, I've got my summer feet done. It'd help you walk across the African plains, wouldn't it, if you lost your shoes? Yeah, correct. Yeah, no, correct. It'd be perfect. Um, so, yeah, I need, I'm waiting for Jim to open. Chris Hoy's been quite aggressive, on, like, quite forthright on social media, saying, how come you go to the pub but you can't go to the gym? Mm. And he's, I don't get it at all. I don't get it at all. Why can't you? Why can't they give us all a face mask, sure, or a pair of gloves when you walk yeah, in? I suppose, though, with, with the gym, though, it's, you're not cleaning the equipment straight after using it whilst if you go to a pub you have a glass don't you once that glass is finished it's washed you get a clean one whilst but it's gym tables is... and bars and door handles and yeah but you'll be everywhere there's more equipment in the gym that you would lose machines um, yeah. bikes rowers um, barbells the lot yeah I just I'm just bitter about it yeah no I'm, I'm the same with you mate I'm the same with you I want um, fatness fatness first in Bath to reopen so I can go there and do nothing instead of going to my back garden and do nothing hmm. But, you know, you get a nice little podcast on, you get your headphones on, you look the business because you've got, I've got like a hoodie that I wear, like a Nike hoodie with short sleeves. What, in the gym? Oh. Yeah, so it's a short sleeve hoodie. It's so like you look like, like three men and a baby, that. Yeah, you're like, but you look like, you're almost like if you wore the MC Hammer trousers with it, you look like a pro bodybuilder. So people look at it and think, he must be serious under there. You'd so like, I don't take you'd it You'd be off. like Tom Selleck out of Three Men and a Baby. Yeah, oh, I retweeted this thing from Magnum earlier. I don't know if you saw it, but it's a 35 second clip 
from Magnum PI in the 80s. It is hilarious. Have a look on Twitter for it. It is absolutely the worst TV you've ever seen. It's great. I mean, I've been watching some terrible TV and some real good TV. Um, series I've done um, recently, uh, well, Cardinal. On you it. went to that? Just start. I'm two, two eps in. Yeah, Sonny McLaughlin put me into that. Um, yeah, series I'm, three I'm on. I really like it. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah. He's a brilliant actor. Yeah. Um, so is she, actually. Um, Giri Haji. Oh. Or should I say Giri slash Haji? That's on Netflix. BBC. Um, Kelly MacDonald is in it, along with a lot of Japanese. I love Kelly MacDonald. I think she's great. Yeah, duty shame, it means, apparently. Um, but it's really well filmed. Oh, um, it's so cool. My friend Jane put me onto that, and she's like, this is the coolest thing. Yeah, it's like... Um, it's like gangsters going at each other in uh, in Tokyo, uh, and someone gets killed in um, in London, <coughs> and a policeman has to go to London to find out who killed him and stop this gang war going on. But it is really good. Um, it's brilliant. It's brilliantly done. Sinner as well. series three has started. Yeah, I'm not I'm on saving it yet. that for jury mm. duty next week. I reckon there'll be a lot of downtime. Okay, is it going to be because series one was like amazing and dark? Series yeah. two underwhelmed a bit for me. Yeah. But when you make something that good, it's, it's always difficult to follow it up with something massive. Um, the main actress in that, I've completely forgotten her name now, she's married to Justin Timberlake, isn't she? Yes, she is. And I've her name I'm, is... Yeah. Anyone um, help us? Anyone and we, we don't We don't want to be inappropriate, but um, they are such a beautiful couple that you could almost just get a nosebleed mm. about it. I can't... Well, I'll think of her name in a minute. It's locked away in the head somewhere. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what is coming out on Apple TV. Um, and I think you can... I think you can join Apple TV and like, have a free week with it um, oh yeah or Apple Plus whatever it's called Greyhound right it's a Tom Hanks film it's a true story about Tom Hanks is a captain of a ship and he's a convoy of like 50 Tom Hanks is captain of a ship again like yeah. Captain Phillips yeah. and there's another one isn't there during the Third Second one. World War yeah um, leading a convoy of ships to um, help with the Allied forces in the Second World War true story it's oh really awesome good. yeah that's a film coming out so I really want to watch that I'm in for that um, Salisbury Poisonings brilliant that? brilliant telly how good was she there she was a I legend I can't even say her name um, no, no, let's not. She's amazing. Yep. The acting was amazing. The real life character was amazing. That is a quality show. And it's brilliant as well because you actually see the characters at the end as well. Love that. Yeah, but three episodes out. It was brilliant. I watched um, on Sky Documentaries Marathon um, Patriot Days bombing. So it's about the Boston Marathon bombing that went on in 2013. Oh, what, what really was that on Netflix? Good. No, that's on Sky Documentaries. Okay, it was um, good. Yeah, sad. Yeah. But good because it gives you, um, it tells you about. Obviously, the, the suspects they have, how they catch them. Yeah. Um, and also about the lives that affected as well. You know, people losing limbs and yeah. having to cope with artificial legs and losing hands Brutal. and eyes and everything. Yeah, so it's, it is brutal. What have you been... You've got, you got, you got to watch this. Yeah, you do. You've you got do. to watch it. Um, uh, Murder in the Outback. I watched this... You know, the, the two titles of the things I've watched in the last week or two are reasonably similar. Murder in the Outback. Yeah. Uh, is it Dean Falconia or Peter yeah. Falconia? Yeah. Uh, I thought that was really, really good. Um, that was gripping. I think I'm rubbing off on you a bit now, aren't I? Why? Well, murder. Yeah, you yeah. are, yeah. And the second one I've watched is Murder in the Car Park. So I've, a Murder in the Outback and Murder in the Car Park. The murder in the Car Park was about um, this murder in 1987. Uh, Daniel Morgan, a private investigator, murdered in, Lewis, in South London, Sydenham, I think, in 1987. Yeah. And there's a, there's a podcast, Daniel Morgan Murder, which we've spoken about years ago on this pod, Peter Jukes did that, and it was a really good podcast. Yeah, And this ultimately doesn't tell you a huge amount that the podcast doesn't, but it's really well done. It's a fascinating story, and it is just, it's just unbelievably infuriating. And you've got, you've got Sid Fillery, the 
for and it, basically there's all these guys that it's basically implied that there was a huge amount of corruption and they're like no there wasn't prove it and they have come to do the documentary they're not hiding yeah it's like well you know jonathan reese and sid filler say so we, we got nothing to hide and they're bullish jonathan reese in particular is bullish and you're like, God, this is, mm. you know, and he's ripping into Daniel Morgan's family for continually going after answers. And you kind of think, you know, this is, this is serious business. Um, and it was found that the independent inquiry found that there was corruption at the beginning of the, yeah. the corruption was a worry, at the factor at the beginning of the investigation. And this guy is killed in a horrible way in a car park a yep. long time ago, yep. 37 years ago. But it is a really good, I think it was a three-parter, I think. But well, I watched Murder good. in the Outback. Um, that was good. It was good, Chelly, yeah. Yeah, although I did think, um, what was the lady's name in it? I can never remember. Kid? Well, she was I'm a lot like Rebecca Knox. You, you automatically thought she did it because she, there was no real emotion there. Yeah. She couldn't quite remember what went on. Um, very loose. Story Circumstances the seemed convenient or yes. inconvenient. Yeah. Um, but she didn't do it, apparently. Apparently. Um, but... Again, very good telly. Yeah, um, I hope you haven't spoiled it for you. Um, Cardinal, there's a lot of series of that, so I'm up for that. And Sinner Series 3, I'm excited about that. Series 1, my mum said, should I watch series Sinner, Sinner Series 1 to me last week on the phone? And I said, mum, I'm going to say no. It's so dark, I think you won't like it. Mm. Um, and my dad, even though his job takes him to some pretty unpleasant places, um, children who need help and that kind of stuff, my dad can't cope with that sort of stuff either. So it's like, I think you're better off, dad. Leaving yeah. that alone, our kid. Yeah. And just stick to a footy, yeah? Yeah. You get enough of that in work. Just stick to a footy. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Um, news out this week then. So a bit of rugby news. Yeah. Um, we've got a proper running order here. Like we've got Shanks has printed this out on his printer, and it's got some black writing and some blue writing. It's amazing. We've never had this before, no, have we? No, no, it's, um, well... A lot of spelling mistakes, but it's fine. Trevor McDonald had to start somewhere, didn't he? Didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He did. But Nick Tompkins signed a one-year loan deal yep. at the Dragons. Um, reckons it was the most exciting option he had. You what? What? <laughs> exciting? I, 
Was it was it the only option you had? Um, oh, it's great. <coughs> it's good to see him. He's yeah, it is good. Over in Wales doing it the is job. good, but it's a year contract, and it's a bit like, well, you come for a year, do well for a year, then see you later. You know, yeah, no, you're not really leaving a legacy there. I can see why he's done it. You know, Saracen's moving down the league. He wants to obviously play for Wales um, regularly, which I think he will I this think year. He will, yeah. Um, Hadley Park's moving to uh, Japan. Um, a spot has opened up there, and I think mm. the combination with him and John Davis could, could be really work. You know? Yeah, it could be lush. Yeah. Um, imagine, imagine starting your international career and playing alongside John Davis yeah. for the first 10, 15 caps. That'd be lush. Well, Jamie Roberts and me, wasn't it? You know. Yeah, exactly it. Yeah, yeah. Obi one and um, don't know the other one. Obi two. Obi two. Uh, Reese Carey's gone back to the Blues. Yes. Big fella. Um, I likes him. I found it a bit. I always found it a bit odd him going to. Sarries obviously were great teams. So he'd want to play for them. Mm. I always found it a bit odd him leaving Wales so young. A little bit, um, but obviously it was, he's going to a great club um, where he's probably going to learn quite a bit more, you'd imagine. He's going to a winning club, well, he was. Um, you know, so I suppose if a team like Saracens come knocking, it's difficult to turn around. It's like you know, yeah. saying Liverpool want to sign you, Man City want to sign you. Yeah. And you're at Burnley, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's, like, it's, like when, it's like when I was 20 years old and... You know, Breve came in for me when I was at Saracens with you, Tommy, and Breve Bree. came. Bree. Breve, not Bree. Bree. That's why I thought it was Breve, so I said yes. Breve came in and went hard with a big offer, and um, after they'd made the offer, they said, would you mind if uh, you sent us some videos of him playing? <laughs> and they had never seen any videos. And um, It's got in your my, name, are they? My, yep, yeah, I got, you know, this guy's the youngest prop ever to play for England, let's get him. Offered me, no joke, they offered me... 100 grand. Hang on, I'm trying to get this right. 30 times my Saracen salary, 30, 30 times as much. So from memory, I was on five grand at Sarries as an academy player. They offered me 150 bags oh. in really, really, you know, which is a lot of money yeah. now, let alone then. And then they asked for some videos and my agent was like, oh my God, they've offered you this contract and haven't even seen the video. So he sent the videos of me playing for England um, and they, they didn't call back. But apart from that, it's a pretty solid offer. It's a shame really, because that Argentina tour Later on down the line, man of the series, well, near enough. Oh, man, man of the year. Man of steel. It was basically international rugby, man of steel is what... Uh, Phil Christopher's under the post, said. hair lip. Yeah, that's what mum said, was basically like... Is that yeah. what you call them, hair lip from League of Gentlemen? What'd they call him? Yeah. Think um, it was, there was a, there's a character, have you ever seen a League of Gentlemen? Hair lip or hair flick or something, wasn't it? Yeah, it might be hair flick. Have yeah. you seen a League of Gentlemen? There was a, yeah, I've seen a it. character who was a German yeah. um, teacher. That's what Mark Regan used to call him. Air flick, air That's flick. It. That's it. And um, he, wore, he wants, Phil Christopher is a really good bloke. And he was he's German-English, wasn't he? So he's, yeah. But he's fluent in French as well, like very bright and really nice man. And um, he walked into our, we were basically on tour in Canada or somewhere like that, with England or England A or something. And we were all in someone's, I think we're all in Will Green's room having a few beers and having a bit of fun. And everyone's getting a bit loose, and then your tunes are on, and Phil Christopher's walks in, and he's like, "Guys," and he had his uh, shaker with him, and he's like, "Does anyone have any protein powder?" And it was like, ah! "We were all on the beers. Does anyone have any protein powder?" And it was like, "Get out!" If um, you have ears, I'm making you talk. He was great. I um, liked him. Now, this is fairly big news. Yeah. To come out, um, Manu Tuolangi leaving Leicester. Now, Leicester mm. publicised. Um, five million loss in earnings over this period yep. uh, from commercial revenue. Um, lots of cuts going on uh, with staff, with players. Um, obviously, the biggest one, Manu Tuolangi leaving the club, wouldn't take a pay cut. I mean, the chances are he probably would have taken a pay cut. Maybe not what they were offering. We, we don't know. 
Um, you know, Northampton Saints, for instance, have all agreed to take a ten percent uh, pay cut across the board. Ten or twelve or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, we don't know what the the deal is no. or the situation is, but Manu is leaving, which will free up ten million pound. Yeah, exactly. Free up Arthur. Um, Carlisle gone, Vianu gone, uh, Greg Bateman gone, and Noel Reed gone. It's it's apart from being, you know, fascinating all that stuff. It sad. It's fascinating as well because, from what I understand, um, there is an un, unofficial kind of we're not going to scoop up any players from any other clubs agreement around the Premiership. So, actually, if these lads, you know, say up yours to one club, the other yeah. clubs, I think there is a there will be a general unwritten rule. The other clubs won't just sign them. However, we'll, we'll speak to Lance Bradley in a bit from Gloucester. What if, you know, Manu is a four, £450,000 a year player? What if suddenly Manu pops up? People are saying they can get him cut price, but he's been asked to take a pay cut. This is what we assume. Yes. So what's been reported so far at the time of us recording here is that he's been offered a pay cut and said no. So what, what is that pay cut? Is it 20%? Is it 30%? Yeah, I mean, and, and, what, and what's to say that he wouldn't accept less money from Tigers, but he would go to Gloucester or Bath or Sarries on, you know, under grand less? We don't know. Why is he going to say yes to someone else? The um, thing I found str- a little bit strange about this is um, Manu leaving Leicester's because I just thought he has to stay there. Through all his injuries, Leicester have stuck by him. Um, you know... He's been injured for long periods of his, his time at Leicester. And I know rugby's short. I know it's, um, you know, you, you take what you can get. It's a short career. You know, it's especially the age years now, you've got to be looking at how much you can make, I suppose, at the time you've got left. But I, I just thought maybe he might be a little bit loyal. But then we don't know what, we don't know what pay cut. We don't. Off. And so. it might, you know, if... It's probably easier for people to say, well, he was, I think it was in the papers, it was something like 450 grand a year. Well, he's been asked to come down to 405 and take a 10%. That might not be what he's been offered. They might have yeah. said, we'll pay you 150, Chief, and you, you're knackered then because it's such a big cut. So we don't know. But also on the loyalty thing, I like the idea of loyalty, but I think to myself, you know, nothing like Manu, but I had a long career at Bath and I got contracts when I was injured and that sort of stuff. And I used to get asked all the time, do you feel like you owe the club? Do you feel like you owe the club? And I say, mate, I got injured playing for the club. I got injured playing for the club injured because everyone yeah. else was injured. And it, if he gets injured with England, England cover wages and there's compensation so it doesn't affect Tigers financially. But this, if he's getting injured playing for Tigers, I think, no, no, I've, hurt, I've damaged my body. Yes, I'm getting paid, but actually it's not, it's, I'm not indebted to you. And I used to think to the club, I loved Bath when I was playing there. But I'm not doing you. You're not doing me a favour by giving me a contract. You're giving me a contract because when I'm fit, I do a good enough job for you. So, uh, well, I think it works both ways, really. I think loyalty is creeping out of the game. Um, I think it's probably more. So it's there. gone. Ten, fifteen years it's ago. It's gone. Um, yeah. But you know, if a club sticks by you, because I think legally it depends where you've got your contract. But legally, I think after maybe four, five, six months, you know, if you're injured and you haven't played for a club, they legally six can, months usually. Yeah, they legally can uh, terminate contract. Now it's, it doesn't look good for the club if players are looking to if they're looking to sign players. You know, if there if there's history of players getting injured, long term mm. injuries, and and getting um, getting sacked. So yeah, um, but yeah, we don't know what sort of pay cut they're offering him, but he's not going to struggle to find a club at all. No, you'd you'd imagine no he way. wouldn't. Kyle no Eastman's way. a class player. Toulouse Vianney, I mean, that is a yeah, uh, they're all big names. How good names. was he at fifteen? You know, running the ball yeah, back, massive big names. Big names, and but it just shows you where rugby is, and you know they're the first to come out with this. 
um, with a lot of the redundancies of players leaving. Now, I know in football, Wigan Athletic have gone into administration. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a nightmare. They're also being docked points on top of that because they've brutal. gone into administration. Yeah, brutal. I don't know whether that will, will carry on, but I think this is going to be the start of a bit of a domino effect we're going to see, not just in mm. rugby, but in sport. Um, and sort of Leicester have led the way, really, in this. Um, they've been open um, with everyone. So, yeah. what, what happens you've got this, if you've got this blanket acceptance that everybody is going to have to take less money going forward yeah. as, in terms of players, probably coaches too, but players going forward. So the players are seeing members of staff being made redundant around them and above them and beneath them, that kind of stuff. There are, people are getting sacked. Lads, do you all agree you've got to take less money? If the lads all agree... And the proof is there to say, well, actually, it's reasonable that we accept this. Yeah. Fine. But then if you have some players saying, no, we don't accept it, clubs letting them go, and then another club scooping him up on top wedge, yeah. it undermines the whole concept. So it undermines all this change. It undermines all the redundancies clubs have made. So I think the clubs will see now if the clubs kind of, although they compete against each other, and ultimately enemies, will see if they stick together for yeah. what they would... in outwardly call the goodwood the you know the the for the what's the benefit of the league basically the benefit of the overall product so um now brad barrett um signed a two-month contract extension yeah why not to stay with saracens um what player he's been for him as well uh he battered absolutely battered <laughs> yeah. you talk about tough players now look he wasn't knocking people out in games you know he wasn't fighting people but put legally his body through absolute hell. I'd rather have Brad club. Barrett than someone who punches and kicks people. Yep. Like, what an asset. I mean, just his resume, we, we, everyone knows Brad, Brad Barrett, but I, one of my great memories of Brad is um, one of his first games for Saracens, and we were playing against them at Watford, I think they were still, and I was playing for Bath, and we went through the team. One of our players, and I won't say his name because it's not fair, he goes, yeah, I know this guy from, I know this guy, I've seen him play in South Africa, and he's like, boys, nothing to worry about. What we need, he was playing 12 that day. What we need to do is I want everyone running off 10, with many guys running off 10, inside and outside options off 10, yeah. come from behind and come on short lines, come out to in from the 13 channel to 10, and just put everything on this guy, because he's like a strong bloke, but there's not a lot else going on. Uh, half time, we all went in and someone said exact words, were, I won't say the name he said, said, fuck me, F me, we don't swear on our podcast. Fuck me, I thought you said he was, thought you said he was shit. And he was like, and the guy who'd said it laughed and he goes, yeah, it looks like he's improved. <laughs> and it was like, he was awesome. So it's like, right, everything has got to move away from the 12 channel because he's just battering everyone. Every, he shut everything down, battered everyone, decked everyone, and you're like making dents in the midfield. He was getting the ball away. It wasn't like a... It wasn't like a LeBron James job, but it was just like, right, we need to avoid this guy. It was like playing against Man United in the old days and saying, right, let's target Roy Keane. Yeah. Like, no, don't target I him. I told you the time we um, played against New Zealand out in Hamilton and uh, Steve Hansen was a coach and said they got a new cap at 12, we'd target him. Like that, all day, yeah. all day. I went through the team sheet, he was like Muliaina, Rico Gear, Tanu Manga, uh, number 12, Daniel Carter, like that, he's having it. <laughs> yeah, he's getting it. Even his name sounds rubbish. Um, Went on to score like 20-odd points that day. Two tries, kicked all his conversions, man of the match. Yeah, beautiful. It's he like when... A, he sort of used us as a stepping board. Yeah, it's not the had same he, level, but, but had it's Had he not like... had a start like that, or a first cap like that, he probably wouldn't have gone on no, you to be the player him. that he was. You create him. It's like yeah. when um, we, I played against Australia A on tour in 2010, and they had this 
as was described by one of our coaches, as a chopsy little midget playing at fullback, get into him. Um, because they, they're talking about him, but he's tiny. We'll get, and it was James O'Connor, and he scored a hat-trick and got taken off at half-time. And a couple of the boys got hold of him as well, and he was so powerful, they couldn't yeah. stop him. He was honestly like, one of the boys after the game said, again, as a swear word, I won't use it, he's like fucking Jonah, only small. Like, you can't, couldn't stop him. He was so powerful. Got clapped off at half-time. Yeah, exactly it. Well done. Um, Skivington. Yes. Now, we're going to have to fly through this. We'll, we'll chat to Lance Bradley yeah. about this, but... Um, Big sort of news this week. You've been poached um, from London Irish to Gloucester. Um, Gorgeous George. Yeah. It's so, in the picture Gloucester put of him walking along King's home. He looks beautiful. Does he? Oh, he looks amazing. Mate. Yeah, he looks great. Um, now, we've been watching a little bit of Super Rugby. Yeah. Super Rugby. Oratora. Oratora. I yeah. knew you'd know it. Um, it's been great. It's been I great. loved it. Yeah, it's been brilliant. And it's, uh, it makes such a difference. Like, I've been watching the, the Premier Football, Premiership Football. Um, the crowd there, stadium's empty. There's just atmosphere when you watch this in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. The, the crowds are there, it's full. Um, but this guy, Caleb Clark, has been absolutely dominating. Dominating. The, the Auckland Blues are three from three so far, beating the Hurricanes, Chiefs, Highlanders. Um, he's on the wing. You've got Rico Yuani, who was a winger, now playing at 13. Yeah, it's like, it's like Shantane Harpe feeding Les Vinicolo down the left for Bradford yeah. Bulls for all those years. Like, It's like... Yuani's like running the show at 13 like Key Senior did for Leeds. It's just, you watch it and you're like, these are some of the best players in the world and they can't do anything about these two. But Rico Yuani, when he first came on the scene, I think it was sort of the Lions series where we first sort of saw how good yeah. he is. And he looked massive there. But Caleb Clark makes him look like a little boy. <laughs> but it's just, he's just got this nightmare physique um, to try and deal with. A bit like Joshua Tuisova. And you're like, well, mm. if he's got room and he's at pace and he's stepping into me, what am I going to do? But... What Caleb Clark's got is more than just, you know, he's got a lot of power and he's got a great physique, but actually his mm. footwork, his agility. Well, for those oh, that are beautiful. Beautiful. we've got a little video. And he's clever, like he's a clever player. His hands as well, and I think, yeah. you know, a lot of people say, you know, what, how does the sevens bring players through? It brings them through because it brings them through their, their footwork, their contact area as well. Think how many contacts there are in sevens. Yeah. You know, how many times you've got to go into a contact and jack for the ball and counter ruck? Um, more than a union winger. Way minute, more. Yeah. But it's, it's agility, it's stepping. It's phenomenal. And for a bloke that big as well to be so fast and so agile, you know, the, the equivalent we've got in Wales would be George North. Yeah. You know, that big. But it's just powerful. He's got everything. You know, it's, it's not like he's a winger that will just finish off tries. He'll create them. His hands are brilliant. I love this one. I mean, Rico Yuani. So, for those of you that aren't watching and listening, we're watching some, you know, some Blues highlights. Rico Yuani and Caleb Clark just tearing up, but he's brave too. He's jackaling and turning ball over here, and what we're watching. And what I, I like, I like you, the best thing about him is his finishing and his pace yeah. and his footwork. But actually, I like where he pops up and where he causes trouble because that's clever. It's keenness to work, hunger to work, and it's clever because he knows that he's not so much of a threat if he just yeah. sits out there. I think he's intelligent and I really like but that. But he's good as well, like you want to use wingers as much as you can, um, but also he can do some of the hard yards as well. You yeah. know, he can run off your 10. Um, yeah. He can get you over the gang off the top of the line or you can put him in a bit of space and he can still do just as much damage. Useful, like watch him uh, play 20 Who's as been well. impressing you number eight for the Blues? Uh, yeah, I like um, Hoskins Satutu, I really yeah. like. We really, really like him. Um, I also like Mikhaili Tutu, who doesn't seem to get the, the headlines that Hoskins Satutu gets. There's now chat that Eddie Jones is chasing Satutu yeah. with good reason. Um, and he's a hell of a player. Um, hell of a player, wonderful player. But he's, what I like about him is that 
England have an established number eight, and they've got some great number eights in England. But we've got but Billy Vunapola is Eddie a very, Jones is knocking. Eddie Jones is knocking, but he's got a very similar. He's not. He's he's nothing like. He's got a very similar. He's got almost nothing in common with Billy Vunapola as a player. They're very nope. different, and I like the option. I like having that option. I still think someone like. You know, Zach Mercer could do a lot of damage at eight for England, but why not have another option like him if you, you can? pass off the left for Talea try. The miss pass. The yeah. yeah, outrageous. Beautiful. Beautiful. Absolutely outrageous. He's a wonderful player and one of many, frankly. Um, again, Mikhail Tutu, I thought was great when they played against each other. I thought, well, everyone's talking about Hoskins to Tutu, and I think yeah, they're right to be talking about It's going to be like a Nathan Hughes situation. Do I go Fiji for £50 a game? Yeah, or, or, and that's as, only if you win. As, some, as someone said on Twitter, Eddie, just tell him about the twenty-five bags of game you get yeah. for England. It's like, yeah, see ya. There we are. See, see you later. later. Short, um, short old career, boy. Now it's know. about time we gave Ellis Jenkins a call. So yeah, it is. Let's see if we can get him up on the screen, shall we? Let's hit him up, yeah. Well, it's about time we give heartthrob of Cardiff, uh, Wales, silverhead fox. He's dyed his hair, um, especially for this call flat. Ellis Jenkins. Ellis, can you hear us, mate? Hey Tom, how's it going? <laughs> I've got flats as well flats with me as, as well. well. Now, Ellis, you and I don't know each other, but um, are you? I, was, I was a hell of a player. <laughs> but uh, apart from that, yeah, very good. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Not love, too bad. love what you've done not with your hair, bad. mate. Um, I know you've grown it out a little bit, um, but I hear and I read that you're back fit, you're back training, you're ready for you're ready for rugby. Is that true? <laughs> 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 I hear wrong, don't I? I hear wrong. I hear wrong. It was an article, wasn't it, last week? Um, but how was how's lockdown going? How's training going? How's your injury? Yeah, it's all right. Um, obviously, been um, uh, we've sort of finished training uh, middle of March when when everyone else locked down. So just been managed to get some gym equipment in the house. So just been trying to tick along um, and improve um, as much as I can. Um, but it's nice that last week or so I've been back in, um, back in with a physio and some proper equipment doing some stuff. So hopefully, uh, uh, progress a bit quicker now, now we're back in. I, I keep wondering Ellis about you pros who aren't because of social distancing. So if you're training on your own, that's boring and it's not as good and it's probably never going to quite be as good as training the rest of the team and the coaches. But if you're injured, what do you do if you can't have physical contact with people, physios and doctors, because does it mean your injury gets better at kind of a slower rate? I guess it's the same for all injured players, but how do you manage that? Yeah, it's, it's tough. Um, it, it's tough. Obviously, the you know, you've, you've got a programme to um, to follow, but without the, you know, sometimes you need certain equipment um, and also the, the hands-on treatment and the sort of expertise of the physios as well to uh, sort of watch over you while while you're doing it. Um, so it's it's been you know it's it's obviously not not ideal. Um, but like I said, I've just been trying to do as much as I can. Um, managed to get a couple of couple of dumbbells off uh, off Robin Southern Taylor um, to keep ticking over in the house and just yeah. been doing what what I can really. He's the dealer, is he? he Southern Taylor's the dealer. Mate, you sell them on the black market. Now you, you're obviously a, an athlete, right? Is it a bit soul destroying that your your missus is training harder than you? <laughs> yeah, doing way better nick than me at the moment as well. Um, yeah, she did a signed up for the the thousand miles in May for for Valindra. Um, she came in beaming, telling me that she's doing a thousand miles, which is sixteen hundred kilometers, and that's ten kilometers a day for sixteen days. Yeah. Um, so the, the, <laughs> quickly disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> she realised how, 
she had good influence yeah. on you though as well. She's, yeah. um, I mean, is it her influence of, of why you've learned to play the guitar and why you're singing um, songs yeah. together online? I mean, a bit like Ben Foden well, and I've, Ula Healy. I've had the guitar for years and just never, it's just been sitting in, in the, sort of in the corner, never really touching it. So we both decided to go and have um, guitar lessons in, in like November, I think it was. Um, you know, it's something nice to sort of do together. Yeah. Um, but she refused refused to cut her nails. So uh, she'd yeah. go and just couldn't, couldn't play it because the nails were, nails were too long. And after sort of two or three, get her getting frustrated that she wasn't Jimi Hendrix yet. Um, she packed it in. And obviously I've, I've had so much time off, time off now, I've been sort of managed to keep it going and just trying to, fit my fat fingers in in the frets is the is the uh tough part what what i'm worried about ellis is that um as shanks mentioned uh ben foden um with his ex-wife una healy uh, from the saturdays he did a couple of videos that went onto social media or youtube or whatever of him singing and her she was a brilliant singer ben foden nowhere near as good as a singer as he thinks he is but he had like his eyes closed and stuff so he was like he was like a proper face stroker like he really meant it and it and it, when I watched it, I, I was sitting in the passenger seat of a car and I vomited all over myself. Are you confident? Are you confident? It was one of the most awful things I've ever seen. Um, are you confident that, you know, when you start performing with your missus, it's going to be actually high quality and it's not going to make people's eyeballs fall out? I'm very confident that that's not going to happen. He's, um, he's trending she... on social media. They sang, they sang A Star Is Born. Um, Shallows, I think. Oh, was it? Yeah. God. Little, little hidden talent. Have you um, we've got like a repertoire of songs now. You're going to sing for the boys on like the back of the bus for away games. Like, oh, Ellis, cheer us up now after that loss. Go on, let's get go get the guitar. <laughs> yeah, David Brent. Yeah. yeah. The um, no, I've got sort of thirty seconds of a couple of different songs that I can play. Um, so you need, mate. As long as you start, gonna... the boys can join in. It's just you need yeah, Wonderwall. Not good enough at the moment. You need Wonderwall. And you need a little bit of bye bye Miss American Pie. Put your guitar down. That's all you need. They're the only two you need. We just had we had a bath with Nicky enough. Little, and he, Nicky Little knew about three songs, about twenty seconds of each. I'm sure that's all he knew, but he was never without that guitar, mate. It's a good bit of kit. Funnily enough, American Pie is one I started learning, started trying to learn yesterday. There you go. There you go. It's out yeah, there. Yeah, the chorus. The chorus is quite easy, but the verses at the moment are. Beyond beyond my uh, my capabilities. Okay. So how's um, how's Zoom calling, mate? On uh, on Friday nights, quizzes and dressing up as like your missus and stuff. Still going well. The Zoom call stopped a while ago, but uh, thankfully the dressing up is still uh, still going strong. <laughs> That's so how it starts, mate. It's, uh, Start doing your nails. Yeah, and you was... wear a dress. And you think, oh, I quite like this. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't mind. I don't mind a bit of that, Ellis. Actually, so I had a pedicure this week. I've got you know, silly trainers on. I don't. I don't mind. I don't get my nail varnish done this afternoon by my kids. I think it's all right. You just embrace it. Shanks is old school. Yeah, we um, well, we we had to dress up as each other, and I couldn't obviously fit. I couldn't fit into any of her dresses or jeans or shorts. So the only thing I had was a tried a few. Don't ask me why, but I had a gold thong in my. <laughs> pants drawer and uh, yeah, I managed to fit one of the tops, and that's what <laughs> I um, screwed her extensions into my hair, and and that was oh, it. Giving it away now, haven't you? Um, yeah. 
That's how I do it. Are, are you keeping in contact with... You're keeping in contact, obviously, with the strength and conditioning coaches. They're keeping a monitor on, on your fitness and everything. What about the, the actual coaches like Mulvers and, uh, and Richie Reese and other coaches at the Blues in terms of when rugby's likely to get back and you know when sort of training is likely to increase? So we, we're starting back in tomorrow. Um, well, the, the, the um, fit, fit squad are starting back in tomorrow. Um, long-term injured, a, a little bit sort of on a different program, yeah. Um, but they've got a Bronco test tomorrow morning, oh. which um, they're all oh. happy about. What's a Bronco imagine. test? Because uh, people won't know that. Uh, so Bronco test is uh, you start on the try line, you go out twenty meters back, out forty meters back, out sixty meters back, and you do that five times. Yeah. On the bounce. Yeah. It's only twelve hundred meters total running, um, so it's not, you know, not. Uh, silly distance, um, yeah. but it's it's thirty turns, I think, or twenty nine turns, maybe. Okay, yeah. Um, so that's. I guess you, so do you have to do down ups as well, is, or you just get to the line and go. No, actually, no down ups in in this one. But I think Bowden Barrett went viral the other day. He mm. Had three months off and came back and set a PB with a silly silly time. So oh, I think he was disgusting. Like I was, was going to ask about Pathetic. that. Because Bowden Barrett has like set the standard as he so often does. Big fan of the show as well. Big fan of the show. He's, he's all over us to come on, but we yeah we we don't want to. Um, but he's charging too much. But I do you think lads more lads are going to turn up in insane Nick or more lads are going to turn up fat and wheezy? I think you'll have there'll be a you know a big divide. I think some boys will be training harder in the last three months than they've ever trained before, and they'll come back in test match um, condition and then the props um, maybe not so much uh, they you know they'll have uh, they made the most of not having to train every day and being able to eat mm. eat wherever they want and I think they, some of them might be in for a bit of a rude awakening uh, tomorrow yeah. what I'd say to you is Ellis that is a massive generalisation um, but I think you're very likely accurate because uh, they were pretty much all the yeah. same. The parents were feeders. That's why they're props. That's why. Yeah. So I think anyway. Um, have you given yourself a, a date really in which you want to get back, or is it still just when your body's ready, when you're ready, you're back in? Yeah, it's it's just trying to not not get ahead of myself. A few times I've sort of um, put in dates, um, yeah. you know, that I'm really aiming at, and you almost try and push it a little bit too much sometimes to to make make those dates then. So. I'm um, like I said. I've been back in for nearly two weeks now with um, with the physios, um, just doing some rehab stuff. Um, I'm hoping to start running end of July. Um, so, like I said, it, it, you know what it's like, to, uh, Shanks, when you're coming back from from injury like this. There's different setbacks, and yeah. you, know, you start running, feel really good, swells up, and gets really sore. So that, that's where I've been, sort of previously. Um, so we're just trying to get. You know, use this time wisely to get to a place where um, I can train and keep keep progressing without without the setbacks. Flats and I are going to do a rowing um, session in a minute. We're going to have a competition, right? Um, he's, I want to go a little bit longer, but he's narrowed it down to thirty seconds, right? Yeah. We've got to do a thirty second sprint each on the rower. Um, who do you reckon? Who do you reckon is going to come out on top? Bearing in mind now, it's thirty seconds. Ooh. 
And he's Shaq's a big, got concept too in his back garden. He's a big bloke. He was just saying he's been doing a bit of rehab on the bench the other day, doing like 150 kg for like reps of five, just going through a bit of rehab. So he's a unit. Do much training flats? I don't do as much endurance as I used to do in that I used to do some and now I do none. Um, I lift a bit. <laughs> I lift a bit. I haven't been on a rower in eight years since I retired. Shank's got a concept too in his back garden. So... No, no surprise. He suggested a rowing competition. So it's I, not my back I, garden. I said let's do bench or squats or dead. So no, my home his, gym. his knee hurts, but we can row. So I don't know. I'm expecting to come second out of two, but no, I think I could be in trouble here, mate. Basically. Yeah, I've seen uh, when I first joined at the Blues. I think Shanks was on a couple of the boards for um, for the strongest and, and fitness. So I think uh, went for cardio. I have to put my money. In with- yeah, I put my money in with Shaq. I did it. You know, we we hear a lot about how the modern day players are so much bigger and stronger than we were, and all that. And I played at Bath for a long time, and I found out last year that one of the Bath players had set a new club record on the bench press, and it's the same record I set in about 2007, 2006. So I'm not having it, mate. I'm absolutely not having it. I think we were much better, Nick, in our day, weren't we? Just official. It was more official, wasn't it? It was yeah. videoed. Videoed it. Yeah. 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 Exactly. All right, mate. Well, um, <laughs> take care. Keep enjoying the food. Keep enjoying the takeaways. Um, how's the Tom Simmons do. dinners going? All right. Really good, mate. Actually, I've ordered nice. uh, ordered another one for me and Sophie for Sunday, and one for my parents as well. So, um, yeah, it was uh, it was fantastic. Actually, I'd highly recommend it if you're uh, if you're in the area, that sort of thing. All right, All right good on you. Cheers, hey. then, Ellis. Nice one. Thanks, Ellis. Turn up. You both. I love you. Love you too. <laughs> Lance, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. Good. Excellent, how good. Uh, apologies for being a little bit late. It's um, We had a Welsh fella on and no, no, they're not very good with computers, is the reality of it. Flats needed lunch, basically. I need a sandwich, basically. Yeah, I still need a sandwich. Yeah, no. No, no problem at all. I've, um, I've so just I'm... been helping myself to another gin and tonic, so cheers. Oh, well done. Oh, well done. That's what I like to see. Um, we will. We appreciate you coming on, Lance. I understand there's a huge amount going on no, at every Premiership club at the moment. In fact, every business in the world probably at the moment, but especially in our, in our little world, there's a lot going on. Um, and Shanks, and I'm joined by Shanks here, the man who played 70 times for Wales and says he never lost at King's Home. Maybe true, maybe not, but... I think he's just banking on no one being bothered to Google it. Um, but especially at Gloucester, we'll, we'll try and... Um, there's a million questions we could ask, but I think we'll, we'll try and do it in some sort of chronological order and wind it back a bit and ask you, as CEO, you know, you arrived relatively soon before uh, COVID-19 or coronavirus, whatever we're supposed to call it, hit. Um, so what, is, what are the sort of your primary concerns in managing a premiership rugby club when this kicks off and it all goes crazy? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was an interesting time because um, uh, I, I, I felt that there was a few things that needed doing at the club in any case. Uh, and then when COVID all kicked off and it was a really quite unprecedented situation, we certainly had no certainty at all about what the income was going to be and salary bills of a million pounds a month to to handle and yeah it was quite um quite quite a challenge but uh the the key in anything like this is to 
work out a plan as quickly as you can, act as quickly and decisively as you can, make sure that everybody's on board with what you're doing. So one of the very first things we did was got the senior playing group together and talked them through uh, what the what the financial situation was, what the implications of that were, and, and talked to them about what we needed to do about it. And getting them bought in like that, I think, made a made a huge difference. There is there's an argument often that you know from a player's point of view that management teams just make decisions and tell you what's going on and actually you know they sort of ask you to be men on the field at the weekend but don't treat you like men when there's big decisions to be made commercially so you know we were, were you always going to have senior players involved and have players clued in um was there anyone saying actually you know leave them out of it they'll do as they're told um, well, to be honest, yes, yes, there was, but but you know, I've I've been uh, you know I'm, I'm relatively new to Gloucester Rugby, but I've been managing organisations for quite a long time, and and I've always found it best to uh, to bring people with you. Uh, a, a lot of a lot of our players, a lot of rugby players in general, are intelligent guys running their own businesses, doing degree courses, whatever. Um, no reason at all why you shouldn't include them in in what you're doing. It's you know, you never know. Sometimes they have a, a really good idea, and, and you won't you won't get that if you don't adopt a collaborative approach. And that doesn't mean giving players a vote. That's that's not the same thing. It's just having the respect to involve them in decision making, and and then you tend to get better decisions, and people feel more bought into them. And that's that's what we've been doing. So, who would be so the decision makers for the appointment of George Skirmington as head coach? Well, that, that was absolutely myself and Alex Brown did all of the interviewing. Mm. Um, uh, and then we presented our shortlist to the board and discussed it with them. Uh, and when we got down to the final two, what, what we had said to the what we'd said to the senior playing group early in the process was what sort of coach, I don't want names, but what sort of coach do, do you think you want? And um what attributes would you look for? And, and unanimously, they said, we need somebody with, with premiership experience because you, you need to understand just how hard the premiership is, how you're playing similar quality teams week in, week out, and that it's a, it's a real long, hard squad. Um, they need to understand that it sometimes rains in England um, and, and that you know a, a fast-running game is, is great, but sometimes you need to, to, to dig in and... Um, you know, play it, play it a bit safer. So, so we took all of that on board and we had our own ideas too. When we got down to the last two, we went back to the senior playing group, as we said, and looked, said, look, these are the two candidates. What do you think? Um, they were both extremely strong candidates and, and the, the group were quite taken aback by the first candidate that we mentioned. Yeah. But when we mentioned George, they were unanimous that he was their choice. I can just imagine... Um... George and Brownie, Alex Brown, sort of in a version of an interview that starts off quite constructive and ends up talking about line-out defence triggers and malls. Because um, Brownie, <laughs> as you might know, is a good old mate of mine. And um, I always regarded him as like yeah. Steve Borthwick with fewer caps but a much better tan um, and social life. Uh, so I, think I, I can imagine that getting quite nausy. And I know, I know George Skivington pretty well. And I think... Uh, it's a lovely idea. I love it. And the, the picture that you guys put on Twitter of him striding across King's Home, he just looked gorgeous. And I think, well, if you look that good, um, it's half the battle. Were you, were you sort of inundated with names? Because, um, you know, in the international game, certainly up until a couple of years ago, it was always the same names getting bandied about. Were you 
sort of inundated with applications? Were there some of, we're not asking for the names, but were there some of some quite predictable sort of big name coaches that wanted that gig? Um, and were you not tempted by that? Yeah. Um, there, there were some big name coaches, yes, but but you know we we you know the, the the definition of madness is to is to keep doing the same thing and expect a different result. And you know we've had a couple of big name coaches, both from the, the southern hemisphere, um, and we we haven't really got the results that we wanted. So we we did talk to some big name coaches, and you know that was that was really interesting. But when George came in and said. Um, Look, you know, I don't want to throw any stones here, but I've had a look at your performances during this season. This is what I think the problems are, and and it was actually quite embarrassing that he hit the nail on the head so succinctly. Mm. It was his his thoughts on um, what we've been doing and how we would fix them, and they're mostly not hugely complicated fixes. Were were really quite inspirational, and and you know that in the end with his experience of the premiership, albeit he doesn't have experience of a head, being a head coach. Um, that, that's why we went for him. But, you know, throughout my career, I've never been particularly bothered about people haven't got experience of that particular job because you never do until you get it. So as long as you've got the potential, that's that's what we were looking for. And is this sort of the same model as a lot of the sort of top teams are doing, and as you did previously with a director of rugby above George? It, it's it's not particularly it's um so george george is completely in charge of the rugby side of things um there are some things that we don't need him to get involved in we don't need to get him to get involved in recruitment don't need to get him involved in contract renewals although it will be him who says i like this guy can you get him a new contract i like that guy or we need somebody else in this position uh, and he'll sit down with brownie and talk about you know who might be available, and and then Brownie will go and go and get him, and and then my job really is to spoil their fun by bringing the budgets into the uh, into the equation. So it's basically George does the rugby stuff, and Brownie does the admin, which he loves because he's actually, apart from being uh, very tanned and beautifully dressed, he is a nose and loves admin, doesn't he? So he's probably quite happy with that. He, he does love admin. <laughs> He's, he's very happy with that. And actually, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a story about the uh, the interview. So so George came in and presented this, and he'd done a load of analysis of all of our games so far this season. And and he's picking out, you know, look at that player. He's, you know, he's pushing, but his legs are straight, and loads of detail in it. And this is what I do, and I want to do this with the academy. I want to do that with the academy. And at the end of it, when George left, I said, you know, that's, that's really quite good, Alex, isn't it? And he said, hmm. I didn't really like the, the way that he'd formatted his PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> yeah. It was all centrally <laughs> set, and it should really have been off to the left. And I said to him, mate, you, I know you're a perfectionist. But, <laughs> that is so brownie. That, that sums him up, absolutely sums him up. Um, that, was, that was the biggest fault we could find. Yeah, biggest fault. Um, I, if, you, if we rewind a bit to um, Johan Ackerman leaving the club and then subsequently David Humphreys leaving the club, if you are a Gloucester supporter, or actually probably more pertinently, if you're kind of outside of the Gloucester bubble where you're sort of, can you be truly objective? Probably not. It's as things were going along quite nicely at Gloucester uh, pre-COVID. And yes, it was there were some inconsistencies, but Johan Ackerman was regarded on the outside as, apart from being sort of maniacally happy in every interview and having crazy eyes uh, and being very big, um, he was things were regarded it was regarded as a nice environment a nice culture so 
you always know more on the inside than we know more on the outside. I'm not asking for reasons why they left or anything like that, because those things are private and they should remain so. But as CEO, did, did you understand that people saw this as a bad news story um, for Gloucester? You know, this, is, this can't be good news because these guys are really good proven operators and now they're not there anymore. Um, did you understand why? But did you disagree with that? Did you see it actually as a good news story? Um, well, it's never a good news story when when somebody leaves, and, and you know, as, as you say, Owen was a, was a good guy, and, and David was a, was a good guy, and, and you know, I've spoken to both of them since they've left, and, and had perfectly reasonable conversations with them. It, it wasn't, um, it certainly wasn't a good news um, thing. Um, the the problem was, you know, you, you say that everything looked fine, but but the fact is, we were ninth, and we'd won four league games all season, and we were. We were losing games, and we were losing games in the same way, and, and running from our own twenty-two all the time. And the pack wasn't performing, and the lineup wasn't performing. And you can look at some—you you, know—it it isn't my job to interfere in the rugby side, but, but you can look at some fairly telling stats. You know, our kicking percentage was sixty-something percent, and it needs to be eighty-something percent. You know, these are not complicated. Um, pieces of analysis, uh, and then as CEO, when I when I first started and, and went around and met everybody, and you know, as you would do in any organisation, chat to to people, and and these were quite, um, you know, everybody knew that these meetings were happening. It it was really clear that that there were things not working as they should, and and that I don't mean you know details of the coaching methodology or anything else. It, it was clear that the organisation wasn't as harmonious as it should have been. And so while it's not my job to interfere in the rugby side, it is my job to make sure that the organisation is working as well as it can. Uh, and, and, and that's that's what I started to do. So it's, you know, it's actually, I knew that some of the decisions wouldn't be popular, but but my job isn't to be popular. My, my job is to make sure that we win things. And, and that's what we're trying to do. There's obviously going to be a reduction in the wage bill now from seven to, to five million. Um, Leicester have, have come out recently and talked about uh, how much money they've lost uh, commercially, players leaving. Um, are we going to see this, do you think, across the board now with rugby clubs? Uh, maybe not just rugby clubs, just sports sort of teams in general. I actually don't think it'll just be sports teams. I think all organisations are going to have to make uh, cuts and to cut their cloth according to what they're able to afford post-COVID. You know, we're... we're having discussions with our players and other staff about what we are going to need to do. We've had to make some redundancies. The losses that Leicester talked about, I don't think are dissimilar, certainly not to, to what we've suffered. Yeah. Um, you, you have to you have to make sure that you've got a club to go forward with. And, and that's what we've been doing. And I'm sure that's what other clubs have been doing. When we talk about Leicester, the, the big news is that Manu has been stood down and Kyle Eastman and Toulouse-Savani have, um, for, you know, reportedly not accepted the wage cuts they were offered. Now, is there an official or an unofficial kind of agreement across the Gallagher Premiership um, whereby other clubs sort of agree with one another, a sort of a, a gentle fellows agreement, whatever it is, not to scoop up other teams' players? Or is it actually the case that Manu is now on the market and maybe Leicester offered him a massive pay cut and maybe someone else can get him for less than they thought they would have done or less than his market value was six months ago. Um, are these guys now fair game or do you expect to see them land in 
France or Japan because no one else in the Prem will touch them? Well, it's, I mean, it's it's hard to, to say, and I certainly wouldn't want to talk about um, specifics. You know, as, as far as we're concerned, we've we've lost three players um, to Japan because uh, the um, because because we'd reduced their salaries. So, sorry, I'm getting a load of feedback now. Is that... Hang on, we'll try and sort that out. I say we, someone else, Adam, will try and sort that out. I'm getting everything I say repeated in my headphones. Everything he says in his ear. Has that been happening throughout? Has it been building? Has it happened all the way through, or has it just come now? No, no, it's just started. Just started. Oh. Have you still got it? Is it still there? Yeah, it's still... Yeah, it's still there. It's about, it's about a second delay. Yeah. Enough to put you off, knock you off your stride. That's... Ooh. That may have stopped now. May have yeah, stopped. stopped now. So plow, plow on and yeah. see how we go. Um, do you remember where we were? Sure. Um, where were we? Um, yeah, you were losing asking players about to Japan. We were yeah, scoop up for, losing for players to Japan. Yeah. So, so yeah, we, we've we've lost three players to Japan because we we technically had breached their contracts by. Uh, although we asked them if we could take a, uh, uh, if they would take a, a salary cut, you know, technically it was a it was a breach of contract, um, and three of them were able to find uh, positions in Japan, and you know you, you understand that it's a short career and you, you have to make the most of it, so we we wished them well and 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 away they went. So um, and we we're not specifically looking at players that might be available from another Premiership club, but. You know, if somebody doesn't have a doesn't have a valid contract, they, I, I'm sure they'll be looking for work somewhere. Um, and what? Just um, skipping back to the George Skivington thing, the appointment there. Of course, there was this uh, sort of rather public, and I've got to say, you know, it's interesting for all of us that aren't involved at London Irish or Gloucester, respectively. But there was a couple of statements issued. Uh, what's the current state of play with George? I see he's got his Gloucester kit. He's at King's Home in his smart shoes. So he's in there and he's being a nose at his laptop. So I'm, I'm guessing he's fully in there at Gloucester now. But what is the situation with London Irish? Is that all but resolved or is that an ongoing worry? I, I, I can't really talk about that. We've been having some um, discussions with them and um, I, I hope those discussions are ongoing. But uh, I'm sorry that I can't really talk about it. No, of course, absolutely fine. Um, and lastly, Lance, we're very grateful for you coming on. I... The narrative around sort of COVID and Premiership rugby, well, not just Premiership rugby, but in this instance, Premiership rugby has been almost entirely negative, frankly. I mean, there's not very many positives come out of this. People talk about like work-life balance resets and all that kind of stuff. That doesn't really help a Prem rugby club. So rugby comes back in August, we hope and pray, and there's rugby behind closed doors. There's still no ticket money, but at least your, your TV money comes in and it, it kind of works and we finish the season. Um, but overall, as CEO of one of the big guns, as Gloucester Rugby, do you feel um, there's still a there's still a lot of trepidation? There's still a huge amount to negotiate. Or overall, do you feel kind of in in new ways excited about the future of the league and of the future of your club? Yeah, I, I feel I feel very excited about it. And I actually said to everybody, we we had a meeting with all of our staff and, and players and everybody before we went into the, the lockdown. And I said, look, it's not going to feel like it now, but we are going to come out of this stronger. Mm. 
and and that is the case you know we've got a team of people at the club now who are there because they want to be there because they see what the future of Gloucester rugby is is likely to be you know we need to get back to to people not wanting to come and play us you know and we haven't had that for a little mm. while but there's a real strong feeling with George in place and some of the other changes that we've made that you know we've got a we've got a group together now that's determined to be challenging for trophies and I'm, and I'm the players are so excited to be back in training you know just that's a big step forward you know the thought of playing again and then we've got some of our other staff starting to come back so there's actually a, a great atmosphere in the club and you know I'm, I hope the fans start to feel that too soon. That's, that's good stuff and we're Shanks and I are both very very young uh, fit men of course Lance but you know we're old enough to have played at King's <laughs> home against the likes of you know Andy Deacon, Chris Forty, Olivier Azam, Rob Fiddler, Terry Fanalua, Andy yeah. Hazel we know what it's like to play at Gloucester when it's horrible to play at Gloucester. So as rugby fans, I'm sure Shanks agrees with me, we both hope those days return and there's a good chance of that under gorgeous George. So um, thanks for coming on. Yeah. Good luck, good luck with Gloucester. Good luck post-COVID. Good luck with George. Thank you. And um, make sure your PowerPoints are correctly formatted because Brownie just can't cope otherwise. <laughs> thanks, That's Lance. Great. Thanks, you, Lance. Cheers, mate. Ta-ra. Cool. Thank you. Right, boy, I think it's time to speak to a very interesting guest, um, mm. Lance Bradley, CEO of Gloucester Ruggers. A lot going on down there. Um, let's get Lance's view on things. That's the first CEO we've had on the show. Yeah. Of a rugby club. Enjoyed that. I think it's fine. If, and if there's I mean, the odd you're thing... You're a CEO of the Flatman House, aren't you? Yeah, it's true. If, yeah. if there's certain things you just say, I can't talk about it, that's absolutely fine. But I much prefer actually just asking straight questions, getting an answer and not sort of dodging about with he said, she said, really. Yeah, well, Gloucester, this is a statement that was on the BBC that Gloucester understood that Skivington was not restricted contractually from joining the club. Um, you know, he's obviously wanted to join the club. He's gone for an interview. He's gone through an interview process. Yeah. Um, so um, that's a legal battle between London Irish and Gloucester because it, it's the same with players, isn't it? It's, you've got to be careful how you approach players. You can only approach them at a certain time. Yeah. Um, I think it's after December. Um, yeah, it's after the first of January, isn't it? Yeah. But I'm as far as I'm aware, I, you know, I think that there that hasn't always been stuck to. No, as a rule, not not at all, mate. <laughs> and it's actually all. not a lot. There's not a lot anyone can do about that. Actually, is. anyway, we'll see who's right and wrong. Anyway, as time goes on in the press, won't we? Yeah, I'm I'm going to put my imaginary uh, twelve euro on uh, gorgeous George being at King's Home for the next couple of years. No, I'm going to put it on there as well. But I'm going to put it on and say that it was legally done, and I just think he's such a huge loss. To a London Irish, that yep. they're a little bit good. Didn't even hear his name in the running. It was a sh- it was they're a little surprise bit bitter about call, it. Maybe, maybe who knows? Maybe I'm we should get for him. Maybe we should get Brian Facer on from London Irish. Yeah, maybe we yeah. should. Uh, Challenge time, isn't it? Yeah, thirty seconds, mate. Thirty seconds. That's easy. Hold your breath for thirty not. seconds. Cook an omelette in thirty seconds. I can barely hold my breath for thirty seconds. Look at um, I haven't even taken my asthma puffer. Well, it's I, in the car. Can I do it? No, I won't. I won't even do my asthma puffer. I'm going to put a heart rate monitor on you as well, mate. So See how high it goes. We're I reckon gonna, it'll we're go higher. We're going to check you. Constant checking you, mate. We'll take your blood my, pressure. My heart rate will be higher after 15 seconds after I finish than when I finish, I reckon. I think it'll just keep climbing. 15 minutes, I'd say. Yeah, I'm going to battle it. Okay, I'm right. battle hard. Right, let's have a go. It. That oh. is really good. That is absolutely mega. You are a freak. <laughs> Ah, 
nice hanging. Not even sweating, mate. Not no, even I sweating. Sweat. I don't sweat. Not even sweating. I don't sweat. Um, good that, wasn't it? No, it, was, no, it wasn't good. You didn't enjoy it at all? No. You don't want to get one in the house? No. I mean, uh. I would. I just wouldn't do that it's on it. mate. It comes apart in two. You could stack it up. You could put your washer on it. You put your towels on it. It's perfect. I would, I, would have, I would have the rowing machine. I just wouldn't do that on it. I'd do easier stuff. Longer, slower stuff you is what I would do. You prefer the skier, don't you? I prefer... Takes you back to school days. I prefer the fridge, if I'm honest with you. Um, but if you want to see who won, because it was a competition... Um, it was. Have a look on YouTube. Um, we'll yeah. put the link on our Twitter page, on our social media handles. Did enjoy that. Um, and you can see. You can what see didn't help was that in pain. I've got trainers on, but my feet have got, as I said, a moisture treatment on them to make them nice and soft for holidays. Mm. And they're sliding around in there. I didn't get a lot of purchase. Anyway. That wraps up this special podcast um, yeah. that you either listen to or view, and hopefully you're viewing, because um, there might be more to come. Um, put a little bit of artificial grass down for you as well, mate. Yeah, so you need, isn't it? Yeah. Um, thank you again to Gennaro. Uh, thank you to you, yeah. David and don't, Flatman. And don't forget your little field and flower boxes, or big field and flower boxes. Flatman 10, nice grub. It's literally what... If you eat that barbecue box, you too could look like me. Or okay. me. Okay, you probably need a few barbecue boxes for that, but... Keep going and happy summer to you all. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.